It's all part of the plan, an officially unofficial episode of DC Talk here on Get Into Geek. My name is Mitch, talking all things DC on the big and little screens. Usually, right now though, talking something on the big screen because overnight, over in CinemaCon in the States, the new trailer for The Flash has debuted, as well as the world premiere screening. It might not be a glitz and glam of Hollywood type screening, but it is officially screening for an audience Right now, as I record over at CinemaCon, I still have not watched the new trailer. And I don't usually like trailer reactions. I feel like people talk all the way through them. I can't imagine how you can enjoy a trailer or anything for the first time while talking over it and through it. But I'm going to watch this and come off the back of it and just give my first up thoughts. We're going to dive into it in our next official episode of It's All Part of the Plan. But uh, I just wanted to have an immediate reaction. I am excited about this one because the uh, the first trailer, that, that one that came out around the Super Bowl, was a pretty good trailer, if not just nostalgia-filled for those of us that have been uh, fans of the DC film since the late 80s. It, uh, it's not quite as recent nostalgia as something like No Way Home was, even though they didn't reveal that in the trailer. That was such an epic moment during the film. What watching that for the first time so they're really selling it they're pushing it probably because uh michael keaton's bruce wayne batman has a much bigger part to play in this film than what toby Maguire and andrew garfield did in no way home or at least we think so maybe dc is just purely using him as a marketing ploy not much to go on in that first trailer a couple of months ago but here we are with the second trailer the official trailer number two of the flash let's have a look now i lost my parents That pain made me who I am. I spent a lifetime trying to right the wrongs of the past. As if fighting crime would bring my parents back. You actually did it. You're strapped to your parachutes. It was yours! Oh! <laughs> oh. Wow. Um, that's a trailer. Holy shit. That's, um... There's a lot going on there. Uh, so, yeah, it certainly seems like Michael Keaton's Batman is uh, very much a part of this story. I mean, much more so than what the first trailer indicated, and we were to believe that he was in that first trailer... Uh, excuse me as I get everything uh, together. This uh, this is not going to sound all that um, polished, but holy shit, that was really cool. There's a lot going on there. I, I mean, the bat plane at the start, the way that it just it's it's hanging, you know, it, it comes out of the roof to uh, into the docking bay or something of the of the bat cave, and the idea that Michael Keaton's Batman is coming out of retirement in this, uh, if if we're to believe that he's the uh, the person we see from behind with the long grey hair. Uh, I can only imagine that's uh, that's his Batman. Not, I mean, not to say that we would have sat here in 2023 and say, hey, the Batman we met in 89 and 92 again and somewhat was the same Batman in uh, 95 and forever and uh, later again with uh, Batman and Robin, even if we want to just look at the Michael Keaton Batmans as, uh, as their own thing before they uh, brought in new actors. Would that Batman still be kicking around? Uh, and I guess this movie is going to suggest that no, he hasn't. He's been retired for some time, which would make sense. The guy would be in his 70s, but Batman being Batman, short of you know, the Christian Bale Batman who uh, retired because they wanted to end a trilogy. Wow. 
And for only a split second, you know, in the original trailer and images that we've seen so far, we have Ezra Miller playing a second Barry Allen or a second version of himself, I guess, in uh, in that story. And we very much get confirmation of that uh, in that shot out in the desert where we see Kara, um, Supergirl, along with the two Flashes, uh, one wearing a very different looking Flash costume, uh, run up and stop at the same time, you know, come out of super speed. And uh, so some a bit, a bit more confirmation about that, some uh, some confrontation between the two, arguing maybe about how to how to resolve the issue um, and and to uh, to fix the problem that Barry started, which is where this trailer picks up. I wonder how much of the uh, the idea of his his inner turmoil about wanting to go back in time to uh, to to change things we get to see, or does a lot of this film just take place post to that change? You know, you look at something like in the uh, in the MCU with the Incredible Hulk. They'd only made one Hulk film, but they didn't retell his origin. It was kind of like, hey, we only saw that five years ago, made by a different company with a different actor, very much set in a different universe. But you know what? People get it, and we can tell them in sort of like a, a, a credits montage at the start. Or in uh, Homecoming, or, or more specifically Civil War, we get introduced to Tom Holland's Spider-Man. We don't get an origin story. We never get the origin story in the MCU, they're just kind of relying on the fact that Spider-Man's one of the most notable superhero characters on the planet and that, yeah, people know his story and that even if they don't from the legacy that the character has, then maybe from Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, from Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, you know, gets powers, uncle dies, he decides to put on a suit and fight crime, you get it. And yes, No Way Home kind of capped off a trilogy's worth of this character having his own origin story. You know, we when we see uh, Aunt May dying, spoiler alert. So I wonder whether in this, to some extent, they're going to rely on the fact that we've already seen Ezra Miller's Flash tell us things about his backstory, about getting the powers, about his parents not being around. We've seen him visit his father in jail. But I wonder how much they're going to rely on uh, the knowledge that some fans, TV fans, would know about Barry Allen and uh, and his backstory and his motives because of the TV show that is very much still going? Or is the trailer just really just getting down to business and telling us, hey, this is what this story is about. It's a long movie. It's going to be an epic film. There's a lot happening. We don't need to bog you down in the inner turmoil stuff that's going to lead to the problem. We're just going to show you what the problem is, get, which it does. I mean, the trailer gets you on board right away. We hear Michael Keaton talking to, to Barry about the fact that he didn't have the ability to save his parents. He wished that he could by putting a suit on every night and fighting bad guys. It felt like he was doing his bit to honor his parents, and it was a way of him feeling like he was daily trying to get them back, even though he knew that was impossible. Bang, Michael Keaton's face is on screen. Hey, you actually did it to Barry. And it's like, what the hell? Like, we're, we're already in this this post-change, this flashpoint world in the trailer. We see none of the beginning. Now, we're, uh, the way that they cut trailers, of course, I, I imagine that we're getting uh, some flashes, no pun intended, of the, the pre-change story that the movie's going to give us. But... Um, we get it out of context here, so we can only uh, take from this trailer that we what we see is everything post that. How does Ben Affleck's Batman fit into the world of Michael Keaton's? Where we we don't know is you know surely by going back in time and saving his parents or his mother at the very least from dying that's not going to cause Ben Affleck's Batman in the you know mid 2000s to be created instead Batman was created 30 years earlier is he crossing over into a entirely alternate 
reality alternate universe. It's more believable to some point. I don't exactly know how. I mean, we get that hint in, in Man of Steel. There was an open pod uh, on the crashed Kryptonian strip ship that had been there for 10,000 years or something. And everyone speculated at the time. And I think they released a, uh, a graphic novel around it saying, yeah, that was actually Kara Zor-El. So are we going to get that version in this movie? Or does somehow Barry going back in time to save his parents affect what happened in a different part of the universe and that Kal-El never made it to Earth, but in fact Kara did or she was the one to unveil herself to the world because her cousin never made it to the planet. It's weird. In a post-Avengers Endgame and uh, post-Spider-Man No Way Home world, we as these fans of these movies, these superhero genre, we kind of expect that everyone knows everything that's come before. And so when we see these nostalgia-filled fan-servicing moments or movies, that it's going to make sense to everybody that, you know, in the MCU, everybody that's ever been a part of anything connected to the MCU, they're a chance, if not definitely part of the end battle or part of that film the extended tv universe we you know we, we saw jarvis from the agent carter television series come and reprise that role in avengers endgame one of the biggest films of all time in spider-man no way home the movie kind of relies on the fact that you already know that willem dafoe was the green goblin two spider-men ago and 20 years earlier the same for Andrew Garfield. If you don't understand that Risa Farns played the guy who was the lizard in the first of his films 10 years prior to that movie coming out, then those moments aren't going to hit you the same. Does it? I mean, I do, but does it work the same for someone who went in completely fresh and only knows Spider-Man through Tom Holland and all of a sudden we're seeing these other two guys show up as Spider-Man and these other bad guys that seemingly have a pretty detailed backstory that we only hint on in this because the story in the movie kind of relies on you having already known that information? So I know that I can and you can watch this trailer and go, oh, well, that makes sense that at the end we see Michael Keaton's Batman in the bat plane that we saw in 1989, probably a more updated version, take on General Zod or one of his people from the 2013 reboot of the Superman character fighting each other in the same scene. And it just, it like, I, I lost my mind at that moment. I'm like, oh my God, that looks so cool. That Batman fighting that Zod, and it's this connected world, and these two characters, you know, in the comics might come across each other, but, you know, that Batman existed on his own, and, well, Superman and Man of Steel was very much the start of that universe, but didn't have this Batman. I, I Like, it all looks great. I don't know what it's going to mean to the general audiences, but the more we see from this trailer, I'm like, is this even for general audiences because it's it's in a weird spot right like we're looking at this film as this epic that the flash's first big screen chapter yet it's basically ending the current dc cinematic universe the dceu as it was unofficially known before jumping into the dcu the new one the new dc universe you know, Ezra Miller themselves has has been in some serious shit over the last couple of years and can't seem to keep themselves out of trouble. Yet for the general audience, I think people are going to go into this movie and go, oh yeah, that's The Flash. That's the person who plays The Flash. Right? They're not going to think anything of that. They're not going to know all the details of uh, the, the legal dramas of the lead performer behind the main character. So this movie could do really big bucks and people might really get behind Ezra Miller and get really behind The Flash. 
And it's kind of a one and done at this point. And then we're going to jump into the DCU. They're going to give it some time before they announce a new Flash because they can't just announce a new one when the current one is still out. I mean, I guess technically we're going to get that with Superman sooner or later, but that film is coming in two years, so they do kind of need to get the ball rolling. And while it's a different matter, it is kind of contradicted myself. Anyway, we move on. But, yeah, short of uh, him showing up in Aquaman, which initially was the plan, did he shoot stuff? We don't know whether it's going to be cut because of the changes for the DCU. This is also Ben Affleck's farewell as Batman. You know, years after he said he would never come back to play the character again, he's coming back, and he's admitted in interviews recently that he is back for around about five minutes. And that's probably a lot of his on-screen Bruce Wayne. I'm Ben Affleck very much in a scene persona. I'm sure he doesn't know how long Batman, the character, appears in this film because we seem to see in this trailer he is having a one-on-one conversation with Barry but then there's also a lot of action involving Ben Affleck's Batman at the same time based on the action we see in the trailer it's no doubt a lot of CGI creation so Ben Affleck wasn't there so how is he to know that he's in any more than five pages in the script we're going to see this very soon June 16th this comes out in Australian cinemas we're a little more than six weeks away from this actually premiering around the world which is exciting it's obviously getting its world premiere at the moment over in CinemaCon I just hope that DC doesn't black Adam themselves again, even if that was intentional, that, uh, you know, hey, the whole Henry Cavill cameo thing. Oh, no, it got spoiled. But also, wow, look at the drive it's doing in the marketing dollars. I don't know necessarily what they would be spoiling for this film that would help drive it, considering they are very much forcing Michael Keaton down our throats and, hey, Ben Affleck's in this and, hey, General Zod's in this and, hey, there's a super character. You don't necessarily know her as Supergirl, but she seemingly is a woman and she has the super symbol on her and the symbol means hope. So, hey, she's Supergirl until we find out otherwise. There's a lot going on in this trailer alone. Surely they don't need to be screening this film only for the purpose of hoping that someone, or intentionally, uh, leaking this sort of information to get people to come and see it in mid-June. The the fans online seem to absolutely love the first trailer a couple of months ago. They, I can only imagine people are going to go absolutely apeshit over this one. First watch, I prefer this trailer to the first one. I, I enjoyed the first one, I just didn't get the the massive oomph out of it that uh, that everyone else around the world um, seemingly did. So I, I really uh, I really dug this one. We're going to probably dive into it a little bit more. I mean, I've been speaking for 15 minutes already about it. Here I was saying that it wasn't going to be a, uh, a very big reaction, but um, that was an exciting trailer. I'm going to go back and watch it again, but we're going to talk about it in much greater detail on our next episode of It's All Part of the Plan. I'll see which other members of the Geek team we can drag in to talk about the Flash trailer. As I said, comes out June 16th. And that's not very far away. So until then, enjoy the trailer. If you go back and watch it multiple times, as I'm about to, uh, enjoy your other DC content. Sorry, Matty. And we'll be back on the next episode to talk more DC big and small screen. Get into geek.